All right, welcome in. Happy June. This is the Fezzik Focus Pod. I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always by the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Oh, yeah, three months till football season. Forget three months. We, we got CFL, it's like, a, one week away. Right around the corner. It's CFL, huh? You big, uh, what are you, an Argos guy? What's your... Uh... I... I'm an information specialist. <laughs> so my buddy Leon's from Canada, so I rely on him for a whole lot of the CFL and the like. But uh, rules changes in the CFL this year going to be significantly higher scoring, including but not limited. They, they took a page out of the USFL book where they went ahead and moved back the kickoffs, including kickoffs on safeties. Um, I guess you can opt not to kick off, but the if you do that, the opponent starts it on their 40 instead of the 35. It's a really good field position. Translates to more scoring. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's that? That we're talking CFL to start this podcast. <laughs> people want to bet, man. People want to say, well, well the, you know, the wise guys know cash, cash CFL unders week one and two. It's been really low scoring. Um, despite the favorable rules, only three downs, but um, it's going to be a lot more scoring with this rules change, including moving the what are those the, ha- the hash marks closer together this year. All right, let's get into Fez Tales. That wasn't a Fez Tale. We like to start the show with Fez Tales more than we like to start the show with Canadian football. So let's get into a Fez Tale. Oh, our, our our neighbors north of uh-huh. the border. All, all over Manitoba and Edmonton I'm against them and Toronto. <laughs> I'm against them. You know, I went to Toronto in like in the 1970s. I thought it was the greatest city ever. I thought it was. Fan- I've never been to Montreal here. Uh-huh. It's fantastic, but so I loved it as a kid. Okay, in the 70s, I went back in the 90s. I was like, what happened to this city? It, t- it turned into this like really cool city to like overcrowded like. Lesser version of New York over over a twenty year period. That's what happens to every good city. Like every cool city, once people once the word gets out that a city's cool, it turns into a shithole. It's happened to two of the places I lived. I I lived in Austin when Austin oh. was a cool place to live. I lived in Nashville when Nashville was mm. a cool place to live. Uh, both of them are they they've gone downhill, and if they're not totally down the hill, it won't be long till they get. Austin's totally down the hill. Nashville, I think, is it's it's rolling and picking up bullshit along the way into a giant ball of bullshit, and it's a, it's I, almost at the bottom of the hill. You know, I largely agree that almost all the places I go back to aren't as good as when I was a kid. And I'm not just that old guy get off my lawn. Really, it's the population. It's about double yeah. what it was back in the '70s. I'm old enough, so when you go to places like Seattle, Vancouver, um, Lake Tahoe. You know, it's just it, 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 everything's overcrowded. Disney, it's just gotten to the point, like Yogi Berra says, you know, no one goes there anymore. Too crowded. And it's rare that a place is built to to hold the amount of people that are going to live there. And it's hard. Like, once a city becomes in vogue, it's hard for them to keep up. the. That was the biggest problem with Austin. Austin was built to be a pretty small town. And then all these people move here, and they're trying to build it up big enough to for to you know, to take all these people, it's an impossible task. That's what kind of the beauty of Vegas is, is because Vegas is such a relatively young city. Really planned it well with, with the, all the lanes on 215, yes. for instance, like that, which is, the, you know, our beltway that goes around the city. Um, and although it never got fully completed on, but that doesn't matter. It's the areas of town you wouldn't want to go yeah. to anyways out by Nellis and the like. You never would wind up out there. So, so you're fine there. Um, you know, I grew up in a city, Dayton, Ohio. 
that um, has like really wide downtown um, streets because when they built the city, the streets, they, I think a four or six horse carriage could make a U-turn. So oh. that, that was, I don't, maybe it was an eight horse carriage. I yeah. don't know. But it was so, it was so the horse carriages could do, <laughs> could make U-turns. And that, that's why all the downtown streets are like really wide. So there's almost never gridlock in Dayton, Ohio. They could have just put up a no U-turn sign back then. and <laughs> That would have been enough, but I guess not. All right. What's the Fez tale today? All right. So Fez tales, we keep seeing it. Six to five blackjack. Yeah. Sucks. Um, there was actually an eight to five blackjack game in the old Las Vegas where, you know, where the Stardust used to be that's Resorts World now. Um, across the street was the Riviera, and if you walk north towards Sahara, there was a little hole in the wall called the El Rancho. And to get business, I still remember the El Rancho with that big sign. Blackjack pays eight to five, which um, you know it was, it was interesting because the dealers would struggle with payouts. You know, someone would bet yeah. thirty-five dollars, and now you got to break out your your you know your abacus to figure out you know the eight to five payout on it. So, th- so that was pretty cool that they had that eight to five. And you know, th- for years, I don't know if they still have it. The circus actually had a little party pit where they had like a little red siren that would go off for sixty-five seconds, and blackjacks paid two two for one, two to one, two to one. Um, but the problem was, like, if you if you ever bet big when the when it was blaring, it's amazing how slow the dealers would suddenly deal on your game. Yeah, I would imagine, and yeah, I, I'm annoyed with the six to five thing. I know there's still a hand on the strip. There's almost no. Th- three to two tables anymore. Yeah, you got to go to the high limit. So the, most of the strip now has you know still the good rules, but now it's fifty or a hundred bucks that you got to play. So like uh, Flamingo has a fifty dollar in the in the high limit double deck. Um, Paris it's a hundred. Um, all the stations it's twenty five. You can find twenty five dollars. Yep. Um, South Point pretty much any limits like fifteen dollars. Um, every one of their tables, you know. Still pays the three to two, so you know, so shop around. Um, but yeah, even places like you go in the wind and some of the $50 tables on $25 tables and up on the main floor, no good six to five. Still. Yeah, yep, that's kind of, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I've played more, I've played a lot more blackjack at the little dive casinos, and there's not a lot of them that still have live table games post COVID. But the ones that do almost all pay three to two. Yes. So that's that's the way to go. And it's, they got dollar fifty shrimp cocktails, and you know that shrimp cocktail consumption of mine. I think that's helping my weight loss. You think so? It, you know, it has ancillary benefits about you know eighteen hours after consumption <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, so. well, a glowing uh, a glowing endorsement of the dollar fifty shrimp cocktails, uh, and then you know back. Back in the day, how long have you been in Vegas? Since two thousand and one, but I was coming. We're coming here since when? Since like nineteen ninety four. I was coming here every other weekend. I had a buddy that we shared with, and we would go up to Vegas. And then we we got we picked up a couple other partners. So what would happen is we'd rotate Reno Vegas. All right, we didn't want to wear out our welcome. All right, so I tell you what, I they. We would laugh about it. The Reno trips were so easy compared to the Vegas trips, even though it was a longer flight. Because Reno is such a small city that running, you know, running around in a rental car is, you know, relatively a cake. You know, like as we were betting against all these different books and getting stuff in, and although there were fewer books, like the Atlantis and the Peppermill just had fantastic um, off numbers and parlay cards. And Baldini's for a little while before we busted them. Um, that that took two weeks. So 
um, the you know Vegas. We would go all over the place. All these books were independent, so like you could go out to like the Santa Fe and um, and Summerlin um, had you know the the books out there. Uh, Rampart had the, like their own um, lines and parlay cards. Um, Imperial Palace. I go back to the late '80s with Jay Cornegay. They had their own book. There's like 26 independent books before all this consolidation, and there were coupon books. There were really good coupon books. Like you go to the showroom, and this is my fez tale, that my buddy Frank B was struggling. He had to pay rent one time. He takes a buddy with him. He says, "I'll you can drink for free. Come with me." All right. So they go up and down the strip, and all they're doing. Like a show had just let out, a daytime show. They walk in and they just like grab, they, they give all these $5 match plays that no one even bothers picking up. And they would go and they just rotate to each and every pit play, you know, bet $5 with this, with this coupon. And if you win, you get 10. So it's worth like just under $2.50. They walked up and down the strip, kept walking through the slots of fun, getting the bet one to win two coupon, the bet five to win seven coupon over at the circus, the Stardust Fun Books. They picked up a bundle of those. And um, he needed to like make $175 to make his rent. And he did it over like an eight hour period just playing five dollar fun books. That's a pretty good pretty good job if you can get it. Um, there's no coupon books anymore though. There there still are some, but they're not as good. Damn. And and so what what happened I was gonna say I'm gonna quit this job and go start doing that. You know, s- subscribe to Anthony Curtis's Las Vegas Advisor. He still has an excellent, you know, um, coupon book that has things like twenty-five dollar match plays and and you know free hotel stays and you know two for, certainly two for ones all over the place. So um, definitely get that you know that coupon. But there's always like you know one really really good one where like a, there's a free ace up to fifty dollar bet, and if you have an ace, it's you have a fifty-two percent advantage when yeah. you start with an ace. Although it seems like I lose every time I start with an ace. But <laughs> so right. be it. All right, let's get into. The USFL, which I know is a, a, a sensitive subject for you, um, not gone the way you'd hoped. You are kicking the shit out of closing line value. Every, every game. But as they say, closing line value doesn't pay the bills. Um, it actually does in the long term. Okay. But, but it, it's confusing because like, 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 a good example is like one, one of the really successful handicapping groups out there. I don't think our deal lets me say who it is, but, uh, but you, can't, you really can't get their numbers for the most part. Like the second they release something, I'm not saying that it goes out to their VIPs like half a second before everyone else gets it or three seconds, but sure seems like it. But maybe it's just people are faster than I am. You know, I'm not. Maybe I'm just old You're pretty and fast, slow though. and senile. But at any rate, like they give out over 141, and it's you blink and it's 144, like 18 seconds later, and then it closes 143 and a half, and they're like, "Well, we got two and a half points of closing line value." But I'd be like, "Yeah, but." It's closing because you're releasing it. If you hadn't released, right. it's not the the market's kind of indifferent or meh on that game, but they are moving it because you've got t- ten thousand or, or I'm sorry, like fifteen hundred people maybe all betting it at right. once. You know, which so, inherently becomes the market. Yes, you yes. know, so it is the market is moving it. It's just. And there's copycats that say that guys are you know a proven winner, and I'm going to play it. I don't care what the number is, and and so this the, the same thing might may be true with my my USFL that maybe I'm giving out a play and and it's moving. But you know what? I'm five and eleven. I'm not giving up. It's week eight. I got three weeks left. I got the playoffs. Okay, there's only four teams in the playoffs. By the way, shame on you, USFL. So they had, they they said this thing's wide open halfway through the season. They're like all of the one and five teams. Um, have not been eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, that's great this, news. This great is, news for the maulers and the gamblers, right? Yeah, guess what? It's really hard to eliminate a team 
when you've only played half the games because they could win every game and the, all the teams that are, yeah the New Orleans Breakers and the um, and, and and Birmingham could suddenly have their plane crash and they could no longer participate <laughs> because of all the injuries in the playoffs and then <laughs> the all injuries <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden the Houston Gamblers can indeed head to the playoffs but yeah I mean it's, it's just at some point it's insulting you know like that I was listening to a podcast they said how about bet Houston Gamblers fifty to one to make the playoffs and they're kind of hemming and hawing on that and I was like. Fifty to one. It's it, the true odds have to be had to had had to have been like six hundred to one. They would have like needed some kind of like um, I don't know uh, tie weather driven tie between you know <laughs> a couple teams to like the, the, for, you know to swing that because like when Tampa plays Bay plays New Orleans, someone has to win. You know, and so there you go. I mean, how many teams are going to make the playoffs? Two from the south, two from the north. Half the teams. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be New Orleans is going to play Birmingham, but Birmingham isn't going to get that fifteen thousand juiced up fan support instead of the twelve fans that go to the other games because now they're going to play the games in Canton, Ohio. So wait, they up up until the playoffs, they're like, okay, <laughs> now we're moving this thing. What sense does that make? <laughs> There's a line. They're they're um, uh, from Terminator, right? And so they capture Reese, the dude from the future. He's coming back to stop the Terminator, and they're saying, "Well, why, what, what, when you went through this time warp here, how come you came back naked? Why didn't you bring back like ray guns and stuff to stop this alleged guy?" <laughs> and he stares at the cops. He's like, "I didn't build the fucking thing, you know." And so I don't know. I didn't. I didn't come up with this format. The USFL did. So and and in the north. Um, Probably it's going to be uh, Philly, the Stars, and of course um, the, the New Generals. Jersey Generals. Yeah, the Generals yeah. are very good. I've seen. So uh, I, I for one can't wait for the USFL playoffs because that means that the USFL play, the USFL season will be over, uh, which I'm actually looking forward to. And you'll be betting CFL. Nope, It'll I be will the not end be. Of June. I will continue to prep college football. That's what I'll be doing. I, at the USFL. How many how many plays have you given out? Uh, two. Two. Yeah, very not good. enough. Uh, not enough. Not okay. enough. You got to got to. Um, there's others. Friends of ours have given out like twenty. Yes. Yeah. I, well, listen. Though I've I'm uh, lowering volume this year. Yeah, if you can lower volume when there's two days till the game, when there's three months to the game, raise volume because okay. all the because all the lines are wrong. Especially, I can only imagine with the transfer portal. Yeah. You know how like like. It, how impossible it must be! Like I just got the memo. Coastal Carolina apparently has no players returning. Like, no. <laughs> all right, I'm exaggerating. Like they got like five stars. They, they don't have much returning though. So for I, sure. I bet Army against Coastal Carolina. That's um, I think you still get plus five. So okay, uh, that that'll be a free play that I'll give out. Thank you, Brad Powers. He um, uh, provided me that information. So if it wins, it's my play. If it loses, it's Brad Powers' fault. <laughs> Blame, blame Powers and it's spring football. Uh, let's talk about. We don't talk much hockey in this in this studio uh, on on any of our shows, but you're you're noticing and like everybody is scoring's pretty wild. Yeah, well, in the West, yeah, not in the East. In the East, it's the same old um, grab and tug, and there'll you be sure? some penalties, so that's why some games will go over. But in the West. No, happy action, fun time. It's like the Hanson brothers are out there slashing, doing everything, you know, scoring. Um, Edmonton, Colorado, eight to six. 
final score. 14 Com- goals. Competitive match. Competitive match. So the over-under... Was it know, a forced two-point conversion? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never seen this before. I don't, I don't think I've seen... Mackenzie, maybe you can query this. Has there been a regular season hockey total at 7.5? I have to feel there's never been a playoff game at 7.5. I know the exhibition, you know, the, the, the All-Star game has a total that's sky high, like 13 or 14. But the... And it might be 16. It might be 11. I'm not sure. Um, but I can't remember a regular season having a game get to 7.5 ever. And here we got a playoff game that, that is being dealt... With some seven and a halves. Average lo- average total in hockey is about four and a half, right? No. Uh, six. Five and a half to six and a half. Five and a half six. to six. Okay. Six, six, six. six is average? Yeah, six is average. Yeah, yeah, where half is five and a half, half is six and a half. They, that sounds right. I think they made the pads smaller for the goalies, and they emphasized more penalties this so year. So there's more scoring? Uh, yes. I'm not a hockey expert. Let me just say, I know that there was more scoring, and I played several salamis over where there was an unprecedented a number of like ten to six lacrosse type scores in hockey games, I'm not even. What's certain. the average score in lacrosse? I'm not even certain of that. Okay, um, you just I made just, that up. I just saw a twelve to eleven <laughs> final in the in the like the women's lacrosse championship. Okay, so maybe ten to that would be low. I think the average lacrosse score is probably twenty three. But um, I threw it out. It, so it's an, like a low-scoring lacrosse. Let's final. let's keep our information accurate. Is all I'm saying. You can bet on some of the <laughs> stuff. It's like like low limit. The bottom line is, it's funny how every expert, even though you know it was six and a half, I guess game one, and now it's seven. Enormous difference. Anyone anyone who bets baseball knows a seven is like worth like twenty eight cents on a baseball game. It's worth more in a hockey game. Sure, believe me, because you know what. You go into overtime in hockey. You don't have you don't put the ghost man on second and have and have the final score land twelve. So you bet in the under. So I'm gonna I'm sure I'll wind up on the under. Yes. And what's interesting is every media guy is like, oh, I got to get the over. And and some media guys and I laugh. This is just. I mean, I go back to I was overly active on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw it. I have not seen it. All the experts, they're frauds. They're com- they completely suck. When I say all of them, they're not. They're not. They don't all suck. All right. But 95% of them, it's not 9 out of 10. It's 9.5 out of 10. Where This hockey game is a good example. So it, so it starts at 7. Bang, it's going to 7.5. And there are experts out there saying, you know, I don't want to play over 7, paying extra VIG. I'm going to wait for it to go to 7.5, and, and then I won't have to pay any VIG. I'll play over 7.5, and, and that'll be a better wager. And I'm just like, hmm. yeah, ESPN an- analysts quits job to bet sports. How You'll never you, hear it. How ever. often do you pay VIG when you win? Um, do you think, you know what, when it's three to two and there's like, and you're halfway through the third period, how you feeling about over seven? I'm okay with it. How you feel about over seven half? I am drawing dead. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, not having to pay much VIG is nothing. It's, uh, McKenzie says there were only three seven and a half totals all season long. So there were three. There were. And I'm, I'm, has there ever been a seven in the playoffs, McKenzie, ever? I'm on it. One sec. I would I would guess no. I because usually playoff hockey is tighter. It's I, you know I looked on on the internet. There's a there's a McKenzie River Pizza place on Water Street. I've been there. You've been there, McKenzie. Is is that your real name? Or yep. Are you, are you we sure? We're both named, I guess, after the McKenzie River in Canada. Oh, there is a McKenzie River. Really? There is. It's a, it's like so. This is in the uh, what used to be the. The Silver Knights tr- practice facility, that lifeguard arena there, it's up on the top floor of it. So my kids have gone a, a river? few... river? Uh, no, the, the restaurant. <laughs> my kids have gone a few times to, to ice skate there. 
And the beauty is you can go up there and order a beer and sit there while your kids ice skate and, and have a beer or a pizza. So you is that open 24-7? You can no, because nope. the rink's not open 24-7. But it's, uh, I mean, whenever the rink's open, it's open. But it's and like I think, 6, 6 a.m. for the kids and stuff, right? The, like, they don't, isn't the ice time terrible? Uh, or is that when the ice skaters go I, out? There? I don't know. I don't know. I just know, like, when they've had open skate and things like that, it's always been open. But it, I, I think it's like, it's like normal restaurant hours, I would guess. But um, every time I've been there, I've always gone up and grabbed a beer or some pizza and headed down and passed the time. Bottom I'm line, not ice skating. Bottom line is, at 7.5, I'm playing under, even though hockey is not my forte you know, overall. And I also think live wagering would be an opportunity if we get a tight game. And it's like two two after two periods. I think you know playing it under you know seven. If they you know if they, if they juiced it at some point like towards the end of the second period, I guess the live would still be at a seven. That um, you know getting that key number in a in a close you know game would certainly make sense. And in the history of time, there's never been a seven and a half in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Has so, there ever even been a seven? There's been four sevens. Really? What years? Let's see. Uh, one year this year, and then three in 2012. Wow. What was the one this year? Uh, that's the Avalanche Oilers. Oh, that's okay. What we're talking about. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was six and a half game one, so I guess it went up to seven. Or, or are you saying this game is the seven? You're counting this game. You can't yeah, this, count- ga- this game, according to the database, was a seven. Yeah. Was there any others? There was three in 2012. Okay, so okay. this is, so this is okay, the fourth. So this is the fourth. fourth, fourth but, but, there's been three sevens. There's never been a seven and a half, and this is, this is heading to Headed to a seven and a half. And, and the pros want to play over seven and a half plus money. God bless them. The pros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, you're looking good. You're wearing a tank top. Uh, did you come here Sun's from out. the gym? Sun's out, buns out. Yeah. That's did, next. Did you come here from the gym? Oh, that you're no. going to the gym. Yes. Okay, how is the weight loss bet looking today? How how far into it are we, and what's the uh, what are the true odds? All right, the true odds are 100% that I won't lose, all right, because I'm so competitive Bottom line, that's my weight loss bet. Todd Wishnev will never be thinner than I. Todd's a big boy. Um, he's like 11 feet tall at the net, though. He's a tremendous tennis player. In fact, if there's ever a over 300-pound tennis um, circuit, Wishnev is going he's to— He's going to dominate. He's going to crush it. Yes. Um, but so we started out, and Todd was like at 290, and I was 230 when we started. Like, this was like— Three weeks ago. Okay. So now I'm I'm at 218 and Todd's at 278. So he is not he the, the 60 game or pound lead has has stood up so far. No progress for for Todd. So that's disheartening because when the first 15 pounds comes off pretty fast, if especially if you're heavy. So he's probably feeling good. Oh yeah, dropped 15, and then you dropped the same 15. That's that's disheartening because you feel like, man, I've really made some progress, and then you're like, no, I'm still chasing 60. You know, I got to tell you, I'm not an expert on weight loss and the like, but I am convinced I'm going to write a book and make zillions on this. You know, forget all this, work out a lot, don't eat a lot of calories, um, exercise, and have a good lifestyle and get lots of sleep. Okay? I think you've got it figured out. Well, it's all bullshit, all right, because it, it, because it comes down to discipline. It's too difficult. But if you if you bet a significant amount of money, you know, all of a sudden, like I have no doubt. You have motivation. I have no doubt, Mackenzie. If I paid you a thousand dollars, could you fast for forty eight hours? I'm on it. 
I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, I, I don't, I think two hundred would do it. You know, yeah. like, like, literally, if like, if I paid, if I paid anyone, here's a hundred bucks. Don't eat the rest of the day. You know, um, of course. You know, I'm gonna have a nice breakfast though. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but but the bottom line, the problem with all this is that it, it, it's deferred. So you're kicking the can so far down the road that any one day of fasting and the like doesn't do any good for you. You know, you have to you have to like have a good lifestyle. And bottom line, it comes down to calories and working out and all this. But when you've got a, a major incentive, I'm not losing nine thousand dollars. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go on freaking naked and afraid. And I won't be able to catch any of the animals, and I'll eat a few grubs, and I'll just hang up and, and, and boil the water for 21 days, and then they can have the medics take me out of there when I fail trying to get to the rescue team, but I'll be down 25 pounds. If he, if he starts getting close at the end, you let me know, and I'll help you get into a, a weight cut. And, uh, Might happen, because, because here's the caveat. We don't want anyone to die from success here. Right. So 180 is the finish line. So if, if we get to 180... It's over. It's it, it's over with one asterisk. At that point, you got to stay below 185 because we didn't think we're both six feet approximately. We didn't think that if if I got to be below 180 because I got to be lower than them each and every day. Well, that means I got, I'd have to average like 175. And at that point, now given you know I started at 230, that's just not healthy. So 180 seemed like the right number. Although you know I, I still think like if I look at those. If you're six feet tall and you weigh over 165, I think the U.S. charts still say you're obese. Yeah. All right, I'm exaggerating. But, but it's but close to it, that, yeah. it, it literally says 185 is overweight, I yeah. think. You know, it's re- which is, is like, gosh, you know, you get, it's hard for me to believe, you know, when I look at, like, fitness models and, and they're, like, 15 pounds over the obese level. And if anything, they look a little thin. When I when I was fighting, I was I'm, – I'm 6'3", but I would – my – fighting weight was 185 and when i would weigh 185 i would i looked near death your faith gaunt yeah right? and um i mean obviously i wouldn't stay at 185 i'd stay long enough to weigh in and then right. I'd, I'd rehydrate but but if you look at those charts 63 185 uh, it's still not it's it's not a healthy weight um, like they're like you know you've got to be skinnier than that. you know it might crazy. be crazy it might be a healthy weight mortality wise but like in terms of just day to day it's impossible. I I I just, I just think I don't think it. Hey, I'm not a doctor. Okay, so 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 maybe that maybe that that that, that gives you your, your peak chance to not die. But I, but you're not. That's not living either. Um, bottom line. So if you can get a piece of of me, like there there are some Wishnev supporters. But I got to tell you, it seems like early support. Like I've heard some some quotes. One dude on on on. Twitter said Wishnev can drop weight like suitcases. So we'll see. So we'll see. The odds are three to one. Mm-hmm. What are the true odds? I, I think I win 80% and it's a push 20%. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not losing. You're having a hard time p- picturing a world where you lose. And the fact that I'm pot committing right now by saying I'm not losing mm-hmm. makes it even more likely if I need to hire you to, like, 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 you know. Gosh, I hate to bring up like we 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 had a, a special needs um, um, uh, member of the family, all right, that was was struggling with some stuff, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm not an expert at this, but at some point we we used to say, 
you know, Fez and Uncle Bob are just going to, like, kidnap him and take him out to the woods for a week. And then we'll solve a lot of these problems yeah. that he has. Because at some point you get coddled too much. It's, yeah. it's almost like I need you to take me, like, boot camp, like you said, and cut the weight for 10 pounds and scream at me. And maybe maybe that might happen. I, I got you. Don't yes. don't worry. But, yeah, I, I feel confident that you're, you're going to be okay on this thing. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the World Series of Poker going on now. You had your doubts about the location. How's it working out for him? I'm, I'm going over there today. All right. Okay. So I'm going to check it out. But I think that this is ripe for disaster because you had all these people. You know, it used to be at the Horseshoe downtown, and the downtown was kind of nice in that there you could stay at all the different dumpy hotels, mm-hmm. and it was dumpy, but there was lots of options, and everything was walkable, even if you're at the El Cortez. Um, uh, or at the plaza or wherever you can go go and play at the horseshoe. And they moved it to the Rio, and uh, some people didn't like it because, like, a banana cost $4 over at the Rio, you know, and so everything <laughs> was more expensive. But um, easy free parking, you know, lots. Of, they had the big parking lot in the back in the And the garage, area. yeah. You could park, you know, certainly on the Gold Coast side. There are lots of options. So now it's not a lot of good options. If you want to park at, at, at Bally's or Paris, uh, it's going to cost you, like, I imagine 36 bucks a day. They had a special for 100 for a week. Um, or you can be cheap and get some miles and burn some calories and park at Ellis Island or Tuscany, which that's what I would do and walk the, you know. Is that what you're going to do today? Oh, yeah. Well, I can park for, this is, this is a great point. I can park for free, all right, at, you know, Bowie's or Paris. But I know a valet will screw me for 10 minutes waiting because they're going to be so disorganized and the like. Yeah. That I, I literally, it's faster for me to park at Ellis Island um, where I might each for, actually eat something for a change because that yeah. would that'd be a change versus what my schedule's been. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and walk over. But so the poker players aren't going to like that. They're not going to like the, it is not. Uh, the flagship of Harris, okay? This is so, you know, Bowie's is a lesser property. There's no doubt about it. I like the, I much prefer the Cromwell, by example, right next door. So now it's going to be super crowded. A lo- I tell you what, a lot of these players, though, are saying, I, you know, I, I can't play yet. I've got COVID. COVID's been spiking of late. Now you now it's going to be ten handed at poker tables from guys flying all over the place. It's one thing to be in Vegas where that's true, but. Now you're going to be like so in close quarters with all the people packed into poker room and ten people t- all touching the cards and dealing. I think it's fraught with problems, you know, associated with that. On top of it, the hot dogs cost fourteen bucks. South Point hot dogs still a dollar fifty. So you know, you do the math. And the South Point hot dog, I am confident, is going to be better than the World Series of Poker fourteen dollar hot dog. So where do we rank? Like when you when you talk about not their signature property. Where is it on the scale? Like, if, if it were an MGM uh, resort, was, are we talking like it's the Luxor of these things? Like, is it is it yes. low? Oh, that bad, huh? Par- Paris is is Luxor, and Bowie's would be closer to Excalibur. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oof. Actually, you know, Paris. I, I would actually. I I kind of like Paris and Bowie's not so much. You know, Paris is much newer. You know that. Um, the Bally's used to be the old MGM, uh-huh. and there was a fire there. A lot of people died in the in the seventies. I don't oh. know if you knew that. They changed the name. Yeah, so uh-huh. now they're changing the name again. It's going to become the Horseshoe, 
And the, the irony is the horseshoe is like Benny Binion used to say, give, give everyone good food, good, good gamble, good deal. And uh, that's not going to happen anymore. Back. There's going to be you know big rake. And, and, and one thing I'm going to rail on the poker players. Um, there is a poker player out there. I can't make this up. She's 23 years old and she goes on Twitter by poker bunny. All right. Okay. I can't speak to whether she's a very good poker player or whether she's an average poker player. I don't know. She says she's a professional poker player. I'll take her at her word. I don't have her stats or anything. But I, I really thought that this was funny. She's Poker players do this that are undercapitalized. They ask for investors, and they have what's called a markup. So if you if McKenzie plays in the main event and it's $10,000 buy-in, he could have a markup of 1.2. And what that would mean is if, let's say I wanted to invest 1,000, I want to get 10% of McKenzie Rivers, not the pizza joint, not the river, but <laughs> yes, they have a, but, but our McKenzie, um, he'd say, well, for $1,200, you can get 10% of me. See the markup? So, um, and it makes sense that if you're a little undercapitalized, you sell some of yourself at a profit, if you're a, a really good poker player, so this gal was asking for a 1.8 markup in the woman's event. And the rationale, basically, she was saying um, she made an excuse why this is the case, but the women poker players suck, all right? And she was saying some of them don't know. They only play in one tournament a year, all right? So now look, look at this. The, the irony of this is that basically she's selling herself in the main event and all these other events. So I have a woman telling me women suck at poker. <laughs> invest in me, I'm going to play against the men. Mm. Oh, but she's the exception to the rule. She's the good woman. And the bottom line is, you know what? You know what, honey? If you've got 80% edges on select tournaments and 50, and you must, it must be larger than that because you're asking for investors, and, and 20% edges in, in other big tournaments, I know you're only 23, but if, you, if your edges are that big, why do you need to spend all this time and effort wasting wasted to get investors and collect from them and like why don't you just go and win instead of bothering us with this investment stuff yeah she i saw i see her tweet women are equally capable of competence at poker as men the fact is that the wsop ladies event consists largely of women who only play poker once a year in that event charging a high markup for that event says nothing about women in general just that particular event. Bold prediction. Poker Bunny will not cash in the women's event or any event this year. Bold prediction. Zero. Bagel. Hey, Poker Bunny can't even Prove get... Prove me wrong. She can't even get her videos turned the right way on Twitter. Everything's... Uh, it, it's all vertical. Her horizontal videos are posted vertically. It's just... Everything's Where wrong. Where is my Jennifer Harmon that I can invest in? I love... I would much rather invest in her. Love the Jennifer Harmon. I would much rather... Nice, nice, classy lady that really plays poker well. I hope she's at the poker bunnies table. Now what uh what event are are you actually playing in an event or are you just going up there to check things out? I am just checking things out. I'll use I'll flash that seven stars card, cut the line, which I'm sure will be really large, and then piss everyone off as I go play a five ten game and buy in for forty big blinds or twenty if they'll let me. And everyone will say he can come to the table with only, you know, four hundred dollars and the dealer will say, you know, yes, he can. Yes, because you there know? are seven stars. Man. No, every, there's, there's a rule. The seven stars doesn't let you break the rules about minimum buy-ins <laughs> and the like. But, uh, well, the, it should. The, the advantage of the minimum buy, the, 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 the really low buy-in is that you can play with players that are better than you and you'll beat them every time. And the reason being, if all these guys have stacks of like 5,000, 
all right, and I have a stack of 400, they're playing speculative hands correctly. Like they'll call raises with like the three, five of diamonds. So I'll limp in, a guy will raise, it's very aggressive. You know, he'll get three cars, he'll come back to me with my ace king and I'll just, I'm all in and they're screwed. You know, yeah. they don't know if I have jacks, they don't know if I have ace king, if I have kings, they just can't call. And, but sometimes they get so frustrated, they'll call with ace-jack suited because they're like, who is this flea that's messing up the table? Let's get rid of him. And they're right. And then I'll go ahead, and if once I double up, I'll finish up. And when, he, when the big blind comes around, I'll say, sayonara, I'm gone. And then I'll take my seven stars car and go to another table and cut the line again and again <laughs> until everyone on the table hates my guts. But it's well within the rules. And you know what? You stupid poker players, when you bet $150, you're betting all in reds, and all you do is click, click, click these chips incessantly that if you're the only person that did it, they think that you were retarded. Um, I really don't like poker players. So okay. those And those are just two of the examples of, of – Mackenzie, why do people, when they bet $300, bet – it in red in sixty red chips. Explain. Splash the pot. They just love to splash the pot. But hey, if you own the place, I've heard you can splash the pot. If you don't, you should not. Splash Whenever it. the fuck <laughs> I want. But the thing is, you can't splash the pot. You have to stack it first, so people can, so the dealer can count it, and then then the dealer will splash it in there. But but I mean, why wouldn't why don't I'm serious. Why don't people just throw three blacks into the, the greens? Pot? I have like a special connection to the greens and the blacks when I get them. I don't want to lose them. It's so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like imagine a blackjack table. Someone tried to bet like sixty reds. You know, they look at you. They'd start coloring it up immediately. And like the but these poker player, the rules. Don't, imagine you're at the blackjack player and you're just like juggling chips and like making the chip the chips flow from one hand to another, flipping them through your fingers back and forth. You. I mean, this is not David Copperfields, and it's like it's. It, it's it's not like the guy, um, he's staying at the, at the Rio right now. His billboards are all over the place. What is the dude's... The, um, Mackenzie, can you look up who is the magician that's on um, that's at the Rio right now? Um, he's got a TV show. Is it... Uh, it's not Penn and Taylor. Who Chris, had, Chris Angel? Angel? No. It's um, he's got a TV show that like, he does amazing tricks that like 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 literally are like like I'm, unbelievable. Is it Michael Carbonaro? Car- yeah, the Carbonaro effect. This dude is scary. You know what? This, he does some freaky stuff that um, I don't know what the editing is going on on TV, but it's the laws of physics do not apply to Carbonaro. Have you played in a World Series event? Oh sure. Yeah, okay. uh, not this year. You're not planning on this year. I'll probably the, the seniors is like at the end of June, so I'll probably play in that. The old farts can't play a lick compared to the younger kids because, like, if let's say you have aces, okay, and you raise and you get a call, and then flop comes, unassuming, and you bet and you get called, and then the turn comes a card and you bet and you get raised. If you're playing against a 23 year old, he could have total air. He could have a set. You have no idea if it's a 58 year old dude. He has a set of sixes as sure as the sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> you can you can you can auto muck that without even thinking, Mackenzie. You agree? I agree. Yeah. Have you played in any uh, World Series events, Mackenzie? No, it's a bucket list item of mine. Not yet. Okay, I'd like to do it too. But I mean, obviously, now that I'm here, I've I always said uh, my my co-host and I in Houston would we talk about coming out and playing, and he always want he's been wanting to play in the senior event, but. And this is the time of year normally where, okay, if you do sports radio, you can take some time off. 
but it's I mean obviously now I'm out here but I don't have time to do it I'd, I'd love to do one though eventually well now you got a real job instead no. of just like like going and talking about how much the Texans suck yeah that was easy hours. that was yeah. easy everyone agreed but yeah that's uh that's certainly on on my list as well I my I have a one of my best friends uh growing up is uh, he made a final table at the main event hmm. and it's like man it's just the idea of doing that, that would be matt seems, dean that is it just the idea of doing that just seems like so cool playing in Until a, a he donked off like, all his chips and... he did donk off all his chips went Sorry, from matt. went from second place at the final table to finishing seventh there's a uh, greg raymer there's a video of him online where he talks about um the like what guys went into at the final table like what what their expected money was and how because he won he exceed like he raised his value uh what he what he was expected to make the uh, david williams he he raised his the most because he mm-hmm. went in with a pretty low stack and, right. and finished second and then he talks about matt who went from second place and his expected payout falling to seventh was the biggest drop off and yeah. By by the way, some of the greatest hands. Um, it's kind of like WrestleMania. I'm like I'm an old old school guy. Like the the, the 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 hands have been around forever. Like like top five poker hands. You know the Corey Zeidman straight flush mm-hmm. scumbag Corey Zeidman allegedly selling his picks with inside <laughs> information. Didn't have it. Now he's now he's facing charges against Jennifer Harmon, universally loved, who had a you know a, a full house. So that's a top five hand. Query that from the 2005. Main event, but the Raymer Mike Matisau hands were some of the greatest yes. hands ever. If you've never seen this, so these guys are going after each other, and Matisau just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. His nickname is the Mouth, and like belittling Greg, belittling Greg Raymer, who's solid pro, you know, taking notes, accountant, just um, good guy. Well, maybe not completely good, but you know, by by, I think he ran. I don't think he ran. He was going to run for pres- for vice president. Oh, I thought you meant like exercise. I was <laughs> no, going to say he didn't no. do that. No, he was going to run with um, um, Wayne Allen Root, with Libertarian Party for okay. president, and he was going to be like the vice president. And then he got caught with whores or what? And, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. And I don't think Nothing kills a presidential campaign like getting caught with I whores. I don't think it was plural. I think it was, I think it was one whore and one <laughs> So there's not multiple accounts. It's not like Corey Zeidman. <laughs> 18, 18 years of whoredom, you know, with them, with the inside information. Um, but the, you know, to summarize, so, so, so um, like, I, I told you, come after me. I told you I'm going to bust you. I'm going to bust you. And so he's playing and he makes like a hero call at one point. Raymer's got like the nut flush drawn. He's got two over cards. I think Raymer's a slight favorite, actually, in the hand. And, um, and Matisau screams out, Deuce! Deuce! And out comes the two of diamonds. But that makes his flush. So he wins. So now, now he's a little bit in trouble. And, and Matisau's confident. He's doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just going to make it a little harder to get all your chips. Yep. And so they continue on. And finally, um, Matisau, Raymer has a pair of eights. Um, dude has ace-queen. Um, so Raymer raises, gets a call, or there's a re-raise. Can't remember, but comes back to Madison. He shoves for like 200000 Raymer mucks his eights, which was unfortunate because he would have won because he ran like God. So, of course, he would have won that hand, too. The other guy is ace-queen. He's like, ah, I'm getting like... I'm getting like plus two thirty on my money. Maybe this guy has tens or jacks. There's so much money in the pot. Ah, call. You all right? And Ed, I forgot what his, 
Madison out Ace King, I think. That's how it is Ace King, and, and so it, 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 pl- it runs out. There's, the queen on the river. There's nothing to And now a queen and a queen only <laughs> will send Madison home. <laughs> oh, it's the queen! Why? Why? And then Mattisau cries. Why? I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> I must be out of my mind doing this. Oh, this, you've got to be crazy to do what I do, but I'll be okay. I love it. I'll be okay. You know, single-handedly, that one clip made Mattisau millions. I'm convinced. You know, it's like, but, but he really, everyone says they run bad. Like they like like if you watch Madison and you even five, eight years later he wins he loses the big pot he's three to one favorite he's like I told you no one runs worse than I do in poker you know what sports betters do this I actually believe Madison I really do think he runs <laughs> worse than any person I have I, ever listen, seen Jennifer Harmon's up there too <laughs> it, it, like they, there's time there's, she loses hands that she has no business losing it, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely whereas. You know, they say God looks out for drunks and bookmakers. They, they look out for maniacs also because there's like some – one guy just kept pushing all in like in the main event over people on the bubble. And he got called like twice and won like with the 8-4 offsuit. You know, he's not even – he's not even being aggressive with a 9-10 of diamonds. It's like, Andy, I'm not even going to look at my cards. You know, we're on the bubble. I'm just going to shove – Against anyone who raised, I'll be okay. All right, let's close it out with Gambling 101. All right, and then we'll do a best bet. So Gambling 101, beg for comps when you lose. You're going to learn this. When you play blackjack, you're going to have good sessions and bad sessions. And if you lose 1000 or more dollars in a session, which you will if you're you know playing, playing blackjack aggressively, I don't care that the computer is going to say you have 28 sense of comps accumulated from your 12 minutes of play whatever it is it don't matter so don't go to the don't go to the players club area and ask for your comps you go you you get your butt over to a host like half an hour after it's recorded and you go you play cry baby all right who does that mackenzie can you look up who does cry is that Who's the artist that sings the, the album Cry Baby? Melanie Martinez. Yeah, Melanie Martinez. She's a cool chick. So uh, you play you play Cry Baby. Say, oh my God, I just got I just got smashed. I really hope you can help me out here because every host has the discretion, despite what the computer says, because they can look at you like he's a live one. This guy's a maniac, and they'll write you a nice dinner comp. It might be twenty dollars. It might be a hundred dollars. Well, it wouldn't be a hundred if you only lost a thousand. But certainly, you're going to get five percent of what you lose. They should be able to comp you, even if you only played for like two minutes at a table. They have that discretion. You just got to find the right host. Probably a guy is better than a woman. That's been my experience, and that's a compliment to all the women out there because they're more by the book than the men are. So uh, certainly something that the, the natural gut reaction is to do the Mackenzie River storm out of there after losing the big pot, never to return. But no, you... Is that your move, Mackenzie? How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, 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 you beg for a 5% rebate in food. And then if you ever get a comp and they say unlimited, you just... You just Max Rubin wrote about this in Comp City. You just go for it. I don't care what you like. You order them the most expensive thing on the menu, and you keep ordering until they tell you you can't. Yeah, that's un- unfortunately like a lot of the, uh, a lot, like at Sunset, the, all the like the buffet shut down. There's a lot of like because of COVID, a lot of the restaurant options have been shut down. So like when they do give you comps, it's like. You know, I'm not going to throw any individual places on them, but it's not as it's not as good as it used to. Sometimes be. Sometimes there's wine on the menu that 
uh, the really good stuff isn't it doesn't appear on the menu, so your waiter can help you. You know, so if you okay. ever want to do some Louis the Fourteenth or Sixteenth or Eighteenth <laughs> or whatever Louis 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 is, um, you can. Uh, in fact, some waiters get in trouble with that, where they try to like really juice the bill, and they'll tell people when they're on an unlimited comp. Oh, by the way. Right. You have the ace of spades or the equivalent of a because small I, bottle. Because you're going to give me 20%. That's, on, that's, that's right. And do tip do tip 20% minimum. If you're comps, sure. you absolutely, I don't care if it's if it's a $2,000 bill, you um, you absolutely, ha- you, you should tip 20%. Also surprising that you, like when you said, who sings Crybaby, you, like you were looking, at, when he said Melanie Martinez, I thought for sure you were going to go, no, I thought you were thinking Janis Joplin, but you were, you were on the younger, hipper version. I got connections. I got people that talk okay. to me. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You think I came up with that on my own? I, I, I don't know. All right. Well, what do we got for a best bet? Uh, best bet. We're going to the USFL. I'm 5-11. and 11. Oh, Jesus. I am about to <laughs> – today is the day of, of – Friday night will be the day the epic comeback begins. All right. Let's do it. Pittsburgh, New Jersey – um, these are official plays that I have up for my clients, so I won't sell them because I'm giving them away for free. I'm on the first half under 21. I'm on the game under 42. Uh, I love this under. So 11 of the last 12 USFL games have gone over, which is pretty amazing because they changed the rules week four, to, which will result in less scoring because there's a running clock after incompletions in the first and third quarters. Well, the totals got dropped down to an average of 35 after that change. And some of these games just went over by a little bit because, you know, of the difference in the pricing and the fact that I think under started eight and four in the league. And since then, it's just been an overfest across the board. You know what? I've been watching the games. The quarterback play sucks. A lot of the quarterbacks are injured and we're on backup quarterbacks. But what's happened is there's just been turnovers in the wrong areas of the field. So there's been 10-yard drives, 20-yard drives, pick sixes, fumble sixes. Um, There was a team, um, uh, the Gamblers. Gamblers scored a touchdown, and they didn't run an offensive play in the fourth quarter (laughs) by example. They got um, out out, um, played 23-0. to in the fourth quarter, Oof. and yet that um, there was 20 points scored in that fourth quarter, I believe. So bottom line is, yes, scoring is up. Yes, the kickoff rules do, do promote good scoring position, but um, the average tolls now are in the 45s. Both these teams love to run the ball. You're familiar with the Pittsburgh Mullers. They're the team that has no offense at all, um, has the idiot coach that never, ever runs play action. If he runs the ball successfully and picks up eight yards and seven yards, he will always run the next play because he's clearly, you know, we're, we're kicking butt with the run. Not only that, but he didn't have a quarterback for most of the year, and he picked one up in Lee, who was a fairly big upgrade over the other stiffs they had out there, and they had a falling out, him and the coach at the end of the game, and he put in the backup to the backup um, to the backup at the end of last game. I have no idea how much how many snaps Lee's going to take. I do know this. Team lost by 10. Pittsburgh did last week. They ran the ball. 30 times, they threw it nine. This is not a team that is going to air the ball out. All that Jersey loves to run the ball as well. Tick, tick, tick. Under 21 first half, under 42. We will go to 7-11 and 11 after we win both these plays. And by the way, this is my big, biggest bet of the year right now. And uh, 
then we uh, we got three weeks left to get back to 500. All right. I believe in you, Fez. All right. That is going to do it for another episode of the Fezic Focus Pod. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate what you guys have done for this podcast in particular. You get really turned this one into the, one of the most popular ones on our network. So I, I, I appreciate that. I know Fez does as well. Thank you, McKenzie, for your hard work. And keep spreading the word, guys. Subscribe, subscribe. Tell your friends about our pods. We, we always appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you.